welcome to Varsity Videos, brought to you by the OHIO Podcast. Here at Varsity Videos, we review and rank sports films from the Super Bowl to the Toilet Bowl. I am your host, Chris Wilds, a self-proclaimed popcorn expert and a podcaster. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Eric Boggs. Eric, how are things? Things are great. I just got done watching Top Gun Maverick the other day. I'm feeling patriotic on this Independence Day weekend, man, and loved, loved, loved that movie. Yeah, that seems to be the uh, the popular opinion from everyone who's seen it. I'll tell you, um, I have not had the chance. I was going to go out last week and see it, did not get the opportunity, but uh, definitely have that on the bucket list. So uh, we got a great movie this week, Eric. <laughs> we do have a good one, but I, let me say this real fast. Chris, go see it in the movie theaters, man. Don't miss out on it. It was awesome. It, it just the sound, the feel of the movie. It had everything a great movie wants, a good storyline, great um, Easter eggs, nostalgia, um, a great script, awesome dialogue. The action was fantastic, and just the feel of the movie was right. You, you really need to see it in the theaters. All right. Yeah, like I said, the plan was to do that, but uh, unfortunately some things came up last week. But you know what? What better week than my wife's week off? Maybe we can sneak out. Uh, well, I know we can't. We got Girl Scout camp next week. So we won't be doing anything next week other than tending to, uh, you know, a bunch of crazy girls running through the uh, woods and uh, eating everything in sight. So <laughs> that sounds like a sounds like another kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, a horror movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So as, as everybody knows here at Varsity Videos, we always like to start off with a little bit of movie news. And Eric, I just came across this. Coming up in 2023, Disney is dipping into the sports movie pool again. They're coming out with a Disney Plus exclusive movie, Chang Can't Dunk. It's the story of a 16-year-old Asian-American named Chang who is an unpopular high schooler who loves basketball, but is always underestimated. Though his peers treat him as though he's insignificant, he becomes obsessed with learning how to slam dunk. And in doing so, Chang is determined to outdo the high school's all-star named Matt. All while, you know, pining after the adoration of his love interest, Christy. The form uh, the film is going to star Bloom Lee as Chang, Dexter Darden as DeAndre, Chase Lee Field as Matt, and Ben Wang as Bo. Now the movie does not have an actual release day set yet, other than the fact that it is supposed to be released in 2023. But you know Disney does sports movies well, Disney does teens well, so I'm really kind of looking forward to this release. As I said, it is going to be something that is released only on Disney Plus. So if you don't have the subscription, get it. It's worth it. How many times have you and I used that Disney Plus to to check out some of the great movies, Eric? Yeah, too many, too many to tell. I mean, too many to tell. Yeah. So that's what's going on with movie news this week. So we're going to move on to segment two, which is our movie matchups, Eric. 
What have we got this week in our movie match? Well, we tackled the Olympic bracket, and that's exactly what uh, we're going to start off with here. Uh, how about we just start at the top of the bracket, work our way down, Chris? That sound good to you? I'll tell you, Eric, before we get started, I, I took the liberty of looking at some of the fan voting today. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't know <laughs> if I can agree with all of it. I know. I know. I know. We're, we're going to dive into that. Let's dive into it, though. It's, it's pretty interesting. I've got a theory. The number one seeded, I, Tanya from 2017 against number eight, Blades of Glory from 2007. Uh, I'll start here by saying Blades of Glory. I am a huge John he- uh, Heater fan. Um, loved loved his movies. I think he's a, a great comedian. Will Ferrell, yeah. Kind of, I'm not really, you know, hot or cold. I think Craig Nelson plays a great coach no matter what movie he's in. Um, I think this, as far as comedies goes, is decent. It's not one of the best sports comedies ever, but it's definitely not one of the worst either. Somewhere in the middle. I, Tanya is just this intriguing, artistic, self-aware movie about Tanya Harding that I just think people need to go watch and just watch. Uh, Mar- the, the gorgeous Margaret Robbie plays Tanya, and she just kills it. She just does an amazing job. Even Sebastian Stan, who plays Jeff, her love slash interest in the movie. Paul Walter Hauser is becoming one of my more favorite uh, uh, actors out there. He plays Sean. I think I, Tanya is just a great movie. And I, there's so many things about the movie I love, but just just how they filmed it as being kind of this uh, self-aware um, biopic type film is, I think, brilliant. Yeah, it was great. Like you said, I thought Margot Robbie actually absolutely killed it. Um, can, can someone actually capture someone's insanity? Because if they can, she did. Exactly. She played that part to perfection. Uh, Blades of Glory. Now, see, I am a pretty big Will Ferrell fan. This one, it just didn't do it for me. I, I, I could not get into Blades of Glory. I, I want, I wanted to like the movie. I, you know, I like you. I love John Heater. I, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, what was one of the. Uh, was it Mr. Mr. Woodcock? Was that the other one of the ones other ones he did? Yeah, there's all yeah, he's been just, in several that are great. Just several great movies that this guy did. Basketball. <laughs> I, I just you know, I wanted to like the movie. I couldn't like the movie. I gotta go with I Tanya. I'm with you. I'm I'm totally I Tanya here, without a doubt. And and Chris, here's the thing. We are definitely in the minority. Twenty one to five. People voted for Blades of Glory. We're going against the fans, man. I'm I'm do, saying I Tanya. Do you, Do you think this is just not enough people have watched the movie, or do we just have that comedy bias going with, with sports fans? I just don't think enough people have seen the movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a phenomenal film. It really okay. is. So what yeah. what do we got next then? Let's go to the number four versus number five. Number four, Cool Runnings from 1993. Number five, Foxcatcher. Both, again, both of these films are definitely rewatches for me. 
Cool Runnings is almost like a yearly watch for me. Love Cool Runnings. John Candy, how can you not? The characters, the cast, the storyline. I love Cool Runnings. Foxcatcher, I'm not a huge like amateur wrestling guy, but Steve Carroll's depiction of John DuPont in that film is absolute fantastic. And who doesn't love a little Channing Tatum for all the ladies out there? Uh, he plays Mark Schultz, just does a fantastic job about a wrestler and his basically his psychosis of the sport uh, and dealing with trying to achieve, you know, the unachievable. I think Foxcatcher is a great movie and, so, and one that wrestling fans will love. But it's it's beyond just that. I think it's got a great story, but it's going up against an icon in Cool Runnings, man. Yeah, I love Cool Runnings, everything about it. The story, obviously, a great story. Uh, both these actually loosely based on true stories. <clears throat> but uh, as you mentioned, Foxcatcher Steve Carell gave a tremendous performance and really stepping outside the box because we think of Steve Carell so much as a comedy actor, but he, right. he just he did such a great job in that of that role. Uh, he really made that movie. Uh Cool Runnings, though, you know, you've got John Candy, you've got characters like Sanka Coffee. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, just uh, the the little catchphrases, everything about Cool Runnings is great. I got to go with Cool Runnings. I'm with you. I'm going to agree with you again. Cool Runnings for me over Foxcatcher. And like I said, uh, we're going to definitely agree with the fans here who went 21 for Cool Runnings to 2. For Foxcatcher, Cool Runnings is going to get to move on, and and it's going to be I Tanya versus Cool Runnings in the second round, or excuse me, the third round in Sweet 16. All right, here we go, man. This is the big one. Number three seed Miracle from 2004 versus number six seed Eddie the Eagle from 2015. What can we say? We have talked about Miracle at nauseum on this podcast, so I'm not going to break that down anymore. All I'm going to say is Kurt Russell. Enough said, right? Uh, yeah. Eddie the Eagle is the most one of the most charming and heartwarming films in the vein of Cool Runnings modernized, and actually is about a story from the exact same Winter Olympics as Cool Runnings was. So, yeah, I love Eddie the Eagle and I love Miracle, and this is going to be really hard for me. Yeah, I'm with you, Eric. And again, I saw the fan voting on this one, and I don't know that I disagree with the fans, but wow, the 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 differential is just so much. Um, but honestly, you know, I, I love both. This easily could be the best matchup of the entire tournament. Yes, with the exception of what we might see come out of the sequel bracket. Uh, you know. This is a tough one for me, but I, th I think I got to go with Miracle. Okay. Well, I'm going with Eddie the Eagle, and I just think Eddie the e the pacing of Miracle is a problem for me. I love the movie, I love the story, but there yeah. are there are pacing issues with there that are. movie. Eddie the Eagle doesn't have that. And let me say this: there's absolutely no way in he double hockey sticks that Miracle should have won 26 to one. No, absolutely not. That, so that, I will I will concede. I will go ahead and concede to you and the fans, Chris. Miracle will move on, but I'm 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 telling everybody who listens to this podcast, drop what you're doing, 
go get Eddie the Eagle and watch the film. It is fantastic. Okay, that means we are on to number two seeded Chariots of Fire from 1981 against number seven seed, The Cutting Edge from 1992. Fan voting very close in this one, Chris. You have a very iconic award-winning film in Chariots of Fire. Um, The music, the soundtrack, the story behind it. Uh, gosh, just one of the most um, acclaimed uh, movies in cinema from the early 80s. It definitely has a late 70s feel to it as far as the cinematography of it. Um, the, it, the pacing is definitely very slow, which most films were back then. It is very rich and driven in the – um, and the speaking of the film and the writing as far as as the communication is concerned, um, action, not really a whole lot there. And then you have the cutting edge from basically my preteen childhood. I was 11 years old when the cutting edge came out. You've got a very interesting love story between a hockey player and a figure skater. Um, and this one is a loved. This film is loved among the ladies. This is definitely what I would put in the vein as a sports chick flick. Um, and it's a good story and it holds up very well. And I'm going to be honest with you, Chris, Chariots of Fire does not. Yeah, I agree. And for me, Chariots of Fire is just a little too slow. It drags on a little too much. I, I got to go with the cutting edge on this one. I'm with you. By a vote of um, eight to six in the fan vote. So not too many people voted in this one, but eight to six, the cutting edge won. And with your vote in mind, it definitely is going to win and move on. So the cutting edge will move on to take on Miracle in the second round. So the four Olympic films that moved on into the Sweet 16, I, Tanya, Cool Runnings, Miracle, and Chariots of Fire, Chris, which means we have uh, three films to add and one to, I guess, uh, put back into the old uh, re-rankings here. All right, so. Let's start with, as I pull open varsity, our Varsity Videos flip chart page, Blades of Glory is the first one that we get to add. All right, here we go. From 2007, Blades of Glory and its first matchup on our flip chart is against 2014 Draft Day. Give me Kevin Costner. Yep, I'm going Draft Day here. Blades of Glory against 1994 Little Giants. I know which way you're going. Yeah, give me a little Giants. I'm with you. All right. From 2021, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I'll take Blades of Glory. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. How about two uh, skating movies here now? From 2005, Disney's Ice Princess. I think I'll take Blades of Glory here as well. Yeah, I'm going to take Blades of Glory here. All right. Varsity Videos regenerates and now says from 2005, Adam Sandler's The Longest Yard remake. Yeah, I'm going to take the, the Longest Yard here. I'm going to take Blades of Glory and make you flip for it. You want to be heads or tails this week? Oh, give me tails. Good choice. Tails it is. The Longest Yard takes it. 
All right, Blades of Glory now takes on Downhill Racer from 1969. Give me Blades of Glory. Yeah, I'm with you here. All right. Oops. I just made a mistake there. Oh, I I didn't. Okay, we're good. Uh, That means Blades of Glory now sitting at number 95 on the flick chart out of 120 movies. Next up, Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher from 2014, was it? I believe it was. Yes, from 2014. All right, Foxcatcher's first matchup from 1985, Teen Wolf. Ooh. I know which way you're going to go, Eric. I'm thinking, uh, but I, I'm going to take Foxcatcher. Do I want to make you flip for this? That's the question. I think I do. I'm going to take Teen Wolf. And tails it is. Foxcatcher gets the win. You're two and zero. From the year 2000, replacements. Not even close. Give me replacements. Yeah, I'll take the replacements here as well. From 2008, The Express. Mm. Ooh. That's a toughie. I think my, I'm going to take the Express. My my first initial inclination was Foxcatcher, so let's flip for it. Heads, I finally win one. Foxcatcher gets the win. Uh, from 1992, the Mighty Ducks. Give me the Ducks. Quack, quack, quack. From 1996, Jerry Maguire. I think I'll take Maguire. On I'm the on strength a, of Cuba Gooding, give me Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit on a Tom Cruise kick here after watching Top Gun, not going to lie. All right. As we regenerate here. Internet acting a little slow. Oh, D2, the Mighty Ducks from 1994. I think I'm still going to take the Ducks. Yeah, I am as well. Ooh, from 2021, the new one, American Underdog. Wow. You know, I really like American Underdog, but do I like it more than I like Steve Carell's performance? Eric, I think I'm going to take Foxcatcher. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I was sitting here thinking about it. I think I'm going to go with Foxcatcher as well. Foxcatcher, number 44 on the flick chart. So they had a nice little showing there. All right, time to re-rank Eddie the Eagle. And I'm not going to tell you where this movie is currently ranked. But it is up there, okay? It is definitely one of those films that you and I have uh, have ranked very high. From 1985, Teen Wolf, give me Eddie. Yeah, absolutely. From 2009, The Blind Side. I still think Eddie the Eagle is a better movie here. Yeah, I agree. From 2017, I, Tanya. <laughs> oh, that's I, tough. I, Tanya's still in this thing, man. And Eddie the Eagle is not. And but I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm with Eddie the Eagle here. I love I, Tanya, but it is not as good as Eddie the Eagle. It's just not. I'm with you. Here's where it dies for me. From 1993, The Sandlot. Are oh, you really thinking about this? I am thinking about this. Wow. I love the Sandlot. I'm going to. you going to make me flip? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. All right. From 1999, Varsity Blues. Ooh. Ooh, you know what? Uh, I love Varsity Blues. 
I do too. I, I can't I can't go against. I've got to go varsity blues. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love varsity blues. All right, from 2006, we are Marshall. Here's where I think Eddie climbs back into this. Give me Eddie the Eagle. We are Marshall. Yeah, a very I'll good tell movie. you what. I, I love I love we are Marshall. I love the story. I love everything about it. It goes a little slow for me at times. Give me Eddie the Eagle. This one's gonna be tough for you. From 1989, Major League. It's not gonna be that tough. I'm gonna take Major League. Boy, you were convincing. I'm with you. I think Major League's got more staying power. All right, Eddie the Eagle fell from number seven to thirteen. All right. Well, still respectable. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you have still it. Still in what? About the top ten percent? Oh yeah, easily. All right, Chariots of Fire. This is going to be – this is – it's one of those films where you know it's, like, iconic and it's really good, but you're kind of like – But it could get ugly depending on the matchups. <sighs> yeah. From 2014, Draft Day. I'm going to take Draft Day. I'm going to take Draft Day. I'm with you, yeah. From 1986, Rad. Oh, Jerry, it's a fire. Okay, yeah. It's more iconic. From 1994, Angels in the Outfield. I got to go Chariots of Fire again. Okay. It's just a better move. All right, two 1981 films, Victory. You know, I, I, I really liked Victory. I'm going Chariots of Fire. It won so many awards. Yeah, it's kind of hard to go against that. Give me Chariots of Fire. From 1998, He Got Game. I, I got to go He Got Game. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Just personal personal preference there. I mean, I understand yeah. that Chariots of Fire is con- considered the much more superior film, but but Denzel's such a badass. Man. <laughs> so that's yeah, such a great character. And I, we might have crashed the old flick chart here. It's regenerating itself. Let's see what happens when we uh, uh, go make a start over. So give me one second here. We went draft day. Then we went chariots of fire over rad chariots of fire over angels in the outfield chariots of fire over victory. Then we went, he got game. All right. From 1988, Johnny be good. I'm going to go Johnny be good here. Of course. Right. Uh, from 2014 million dollar arm. Ooh. You know, by every account, Chariots of Fire is the better film. I'm going to go with Million Dollar Arm. I am with you. I'm with you. Chariots of Fire, number 69 on the flick chart now. Chariots of Fire, number 69. So, all right, we added them to the flick chart. There you go. Those were the four, Chris. So uh, that's this week's matchups. All right, well, let's talk about this week's movie. And you picked a great one for us, Eric. I, you know, I had never seen it, watched it. I'll tell you, I, Adam Sandler nailed himself one, and that is Hustle. I got a new world in my view. Lord, my journey I pursue. I said I'm running, running for the city. I got the new world in Yeah. 
ain't got no muscle, no hustle, no backbone. I stand alone, not tripping. Just saying, I'm different. Ain't hanging on to the coattails of the next man. Passport in my left hand. Thinking that you are next. Heck, oh, you ain't holding your breath, man. Cause I'm out here, I'm hungry. I don't play around, trust me. Ain't had as much drive since my Honda Civic got rusty. And my girl said that she loved it. It's funny. Back, study hard for that nine to five Like I thought it actually be good But that it was dreaming Still dreaming Spotlight on me like Willie Bean Still performing like Al Pacino Instagram and tuxedos with my peoples We growing up Still don't seem like we slowing up Ten squad we throwing up Every time that we showing up Get it while I'm living All I ever hear is the clock Tick, tick, tick So I'm about my business And I'm running, I'm running, I'm running with it now They don't want to give it up We gon' make it out while I'm living, all I ever hear is the clock tick, tick, tick. So I'm about my business and I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. Yeah, now they don't wanna give it up, we gon' make it out. It don't get no greater. Feel like I'm on fire. Feel like I'm John Stone. Feel like I'm. Was released June third uh, of this year. It went direct to Netflix. A little tough to find that budget box office information when those go to straight to Netflix. But I'll tell you what was written by Will Fetters and Taylor Matern, directed by Jeremiah Zagger, produced by Happy Madison Productions in conjunction with Adam Sandler, Alan Covert, Jeff Kirchenbaum, Zach Roth, Joseph Fisay, Joe Roth, and Maverick Carter, and your favorite movie star, LeBron James. <laughs> was distributed by Netflix. Music was done by Dan Deacon. The main actors, Adam Sandler, who plays Stanley Sugarman. Queen Latifah, who plays uh, Teresa Sugarman. I'm going to mess this one up something fierce, Eric. Is it Juancho Hernan Gomez? Who sure. Plays Cruz? <laughs> sure. You're just going to find Bo Cruz through the whole thing, aren't you? Yeah, you, yeah, of course. Kenny Smith, who I thought did a tremendous job as Leon. Uh, Robert Duvall. Uh, He's just amazing at everything. He plays Rex Maverick. Ben Foster plays the son, uh, Vince Maverick. And Anthony Edwards, who plays Kermit Wiltz. And I'll tell you, Eric, just before we get started, the basketball action, it was tremendous in this movie. And let me tell you why. Because it is packed with cameos by NBA stars and some of the best street ball players out there. Um, current flick chart stats. Hustle currently has a global ranking of 18,610. It's been ranked 1,120 times by a total of 105 users. Nobody has it number one, but Eric, four people actually do have this listed as a top 10 film or top 20 film. Wow, already, huh? Which is pretty good for a movie that has only been out 30 days. Yeah. So let's dive into it. Let's get into to the film Hustle. Again, released this year on Netflix. Eric, take it away. All right. So here's the thing. I understand if you're listening to this and you you haven't had the opportunity to watch this. This is very similar to American Underdog. This thing has not been out very long. Mary, American Underdog was in theaters. This one is went straight to Netflix. This is a Netflix film. So if if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, go and watch it and then come back because we're going to have lots of spoilers in here. Okay. So there's your fair warning. All right. 
Film begins with Philadelphia 76ers scout Stanley Sugarman, of course, as Chris said, played by Adam Sandler. He's in a foreign country scouting a big man who is obviously not 22 years old like he was said to be because you have to be uh, 22 or younger to be drafted in the NBA. Um, The scout he is looking at has a son who says he is 10. So do the math. That means he had this kid when he was 12. Okay, And the kid is obviously not 10. Eric, uh, the guys, the, the kids like six foot four and, and two twenty. I know exactly. Yeah. So that's how the film opens up with a little comedy. You know, you're in for something interesting when you see um, the big Serbian uh, being uh, scouted here, who is an NBA player. I think he played uh, Bobin Marjanovic, I believe is how it's pronounced. He played for the Dallas Mavericks. Anywho. There is a short montage, and this this film is filled with montages, by the way, some of which I think did were, were tremendous. But there's a montage of him traveling all over the country looking at the world's top talent. That's how the movie ends – or excuse me, that's how the movie begins. And that is our introduction to the Stanley Sugarman character played by Adam Sandler. He is an NBA talent scout. Sugarman returns to Philadelphia where he's meeting with management. Uh, He butts heads with Vince Merrick, who you said was the son of the owner, Rex Merrick, played by Robert Duvall. Ben Foster plays Vince, does a great job playing this sleazy scumbag rich boy, essentially, is what he is. They butt heads because the the, the player they want to draft, whose last name is Haas, who a German player, um... Sugarman doesn't like him. He does not play defense. He doesn't see the hustle in the in the guy, and he says this is going to be a terrible pick, but that's who Vince wants. Uh, Rex tells Sugarman that that is going to be in a, that uh, he's going to end up be being an assistant coach. So Robert Duvall's character, Rex Merrick, the owner, tells um, Stan Sugarman, "Hey, I know you've been wanting to be an assistant coach. I know you've been out on the on." Out in the uh, in the field working, scouting for nine years. So all these years, I think it was maybe even longer than that. I know you wanted to be an assistant coach. This is going to be the year you're going to be an assistant coach. But then something terrible happens, Chris. Rex passes away, and yeah. it's just a terrible I- a moment for for Stan because he realizes that this it means everything changes with ownership. From Rex going to his either I son and or daughter. Um, we fast forward to Rex's celebration of life, where Sugarman runs into many of the NBA dignitaries. Rex's daughter, Catherine uh, or Cat Merrick, as, as she's called in the film, uh, informs Stanley that Vince will be running the team from this moment on. Um, so. Obviously, at that moment, we then fast forward to Sugarman now coaching as an assistant coach. They drafted Haas, the player from Germany. Things are not going well. And Stan is called up into the office of Vince where Vince tells him, look, I made a mistake. We made a mistake. We shouldn't have drafted this guy. You were right, which is why I need you to go back out and scout again because you're going to find that missing piece for me. Stan doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to go out on the road, but what, what choice does he have, right? Rex has passed away. Vince is in, in charge, and I guess he has to do it. We then see Stan returning to the road where he finds himself in Spain. He's having breakfast with Leon, who is a super agent, which you said uh, was played by Kenny Smith, did a great job. 
there's there's this funny scene where they're sitting there and and Stan, who's married to Teresa Sugarman, played by Queen Latifah, he's obviously does not want to fall in the trap of what a lot of people do when they're on the road and and get caught with wondering eyes. And Leon's like, no, 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 you gotta you gotta look. And finally, yeah, Sandler's like, fine. He turns around. And it's an old white guy with the big saggy man boobs. It's the best line of the movie. Adam Sandler says, I am two sandwiches away from tits like that. <laughs> I thought was one of the greatest lines in the movie. Thought it was hilarious. Anyway, Stan is back out on the road scouting. He finds himself at a local outdoor court where he sees a young, strong guy hustling everyone while wearing work boots. Chris wasn't even wearing tennis shoes. Uh, he challenges a local baller to a to three chances to even hit the rim, um, and then he doesn't. Stan goes to talk to him after, right after that, but the guy is is out before he can catch him. He uh, chases him down on a bus, <laughs> and then has this terrible conversation where everything he's saying sounds very um, inappropriate oh. <laughs> in translation. I guess you could say. And the guy's like stops the bus, gets off, and stands, chases him down to where he lives, and then he has to call up Dirk Nowitzki to basically say, "Look, this is Dirk. I'm talking to him. I I am a scout. You need me in, to come into your house." He gets the opportunity to go into this young man's house, finds out his name is Bo Cruz. Uh, Bo's mom begins to tell tell Stan about their story, uh, about where he came from, how he how he got here, and everything. And Stan goes, I need to know if this guy is legit or not, because what I saw on the court was amazing. He sets up the opportunity for him to go and try out or not do a tryout, but do a do a a run, if you will, for him with the Spanish national team. Uh, And he blows it out of the water. There's the scene, Chris, where they're where they're measuring their vertical leap. Yeah. And he touches the top of the measuring stick and he's do he did it in flip flops. So the guy has just got unbelievable length, unbelievable athleticism, can jump out of the gym, and then he just has this amazing showing against the a Spanish national team. Uh, so it's like, hey, this is it. This is the guy. He calls up the Philadelphia Brass, tells him, I found this dude. You, you can't pass up on it. And they tell him, no. Nope, we're not just – we're not going to – not going to – we're not going to bring him up. And Stan says, he's, I can't take no for an answer. So he decides he's going to bring Bo back to Philadelphia on his own dime because he believes in this guy so much and the talent that he has. That is essentially the beginning part of Hustle, the introduction to the most of the main characters. And what would you think, Chris? What would you think of the beginning fast pace? of this film. Well, I'll tell you, I, I really like the way they introduced the characters. Um, now w- with Sandor's character, you know, you learn more and more about him as the movie goes on. Uh, but I thought they gave a good basic intro for him. Um, again, the second part of the movie, I think we see more of, of uh, Queen Latifah's character introduced as well. Once they get uh, once they get Bo back to the states, but really, I mean, I thought they did a great job of introducing the the characters overall. 
I hated the fact that we had Rex die so early on, but obviously you had to have that for this whole movie to work out. Um, but I'm a huge Robert Duvall fan, so I hated to see his character get so little time. Um, but yeah, I thought that they developed they developed the character of of kind of like you said this the sleazeball son really well. Um, Kenny Smith, I absolutely loved his character. Um, the 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 Dirk Nowitzki part in there, I thought that was just comic gold, especially when Dirk at first is like pretending like he doesn't know Sandler, um, you know, and just, you know, eventually says, I know this guy, he's great. Um, and then again, the basketball action I thought was, was really good. The, the street ball stuff was great, but then even when they went to do the, the try out there when you talked about the point where they did the high jump, uh, measured his jump, uh, you know, and, and the other players like, look at the one guy out of the ape, you're off the team. You, you know, I, they just did a great job overall uh, the comedy was, was good, but it wasn't overwhelming, which I think is really great because as the movie goes on, we see that, yeah, there's some comedy to it, but it's not what we're used to seeing from Adam Sandler necessary. Necessarily, it's more I think a darker comedy. Um, it's comic relief, is it what is. it is. Yeah, that's what it is, and it works out really well in, in the film. I agree. I think that Adam Sandler's um, timing and the subtleness of his comic relief in this film is fantastic. Um, I, I'm just going to be straight up with you before we move on. This might be one of the better Adam Sandler films he's produced in a while. Um, I, I think a, quite oh, a I few. Think it's one of the best he, he's ever done. And okay. I don't know if you know this right now. Right now, it is the number one film on Netflix. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, it came out June 8th, so it's been out for almost a month. And I, I watched it right away. And when I watched it, I was like, dude, we got to talk about this because it's, it's really, really good. All right, moving on. All right, they're on their way back to or uh, on their way to the United States. Bo has obviously never flown first class. He walks back from first class back to economy where uh, where Stan is sitting. He's like, look at this food. Do you want any of this? And he's like, dude, you can't do that, right? Like, uh, So you all you just know like Bo comes from from poverty here. He's he's not used to this type of first class lifestyle that Stan is used to living as an NBA scout. Um, they get back to customs, and this is where we find kind of an underlining theme in the film, and that is that there's a little bit of a dark history to this character named Bo uh, that's going to try to hold him back, which is kind of similar to the Adam Sandler character. They've got both of this underlining dark history that you learn about, like you mentioned, Chris, that envelops during the film that has has held them back, and they kind of need each other, which is, I think, fantastic part of the film. Um, anyways, he's flagged at customs because he had a, had an aggravated assault charge. Um, so if he gets in any kind of trouble when he's in the United States, he's going to get his visa revoked. and He's going to be sent home. So Stanley tells Bo, no more secrets. You got to be completely open and honest with me about everything in your past, because this is, this is important. The next morning, Stanley finds Bo playing in the streets in Philadelphia. And so instead of in his hotel room, 
and he's hustling. He's hustling the guys on the streets in Philadelphia. That's what the guy does. He goes in there. Uh, they don't think that he's uh, very talented, and he, he challenges them the money, and that's how he, he wins some extra cash by hustling. So a little bit of a white man can't jump type of uh, vibe to it, if you will, and, and that type of thing. Stanley takes Bo to a local run ran by Leon when they arrive, but Vince and the Philadelphia Brass are all there, and they know that uh, Stan brought this Bo character from Spain without them knowing uh, or trying to hide it from them. They know everything. They know about his past. They've already done their research. And so Stan's kind of like, uh-oh, we're, we're, it's, it's, a, it's a you need to show you do your thing and impress or we're in trouble. Unfortunately, when he gets there, one of the top guys in the entire draft is there as well. And uh, Kermit Wiltz is his name, played by Anthony Edwards, a real NBA star. And as they begin this um, uh, run or this open gym, if you will, Kermit knows how to get in his head. He does, and he dominates um, uh, through trash talking, and Bo is off his game because of it. After the run, Stan is confronted by Vince. They share words. Stan quits, and uh, and and so he no longer works for the Philadelphia 76ers. And then Stan asks Leon to get Bo into the combine. So now he's pushed all his chips into the center on of the table on Bo getting drafted. He's going, and that'll make him. Um, That'll set his career up to be able to probably go to another team to you know continue to be a scout or a coach because he's the one who discovered this talent. Stan gives Bo a motivational speech the next day, and they begin a six-week training program to prepare for the combine. Um, there's this hill that takes a biker two minutes to bike up to the top of the hill. Stan tells Bo he needs to do it in one minute and 45 seconds. So that's kind of like the challenge. And then the basketball coaching training montage begins, Chris. And like I said, this film has got several very good montages, and this is one of them. Uh, you get to the to the end of the montage, and you see where, where Stan realizes that Bo – has got rabbit ears. He says, you're too sensitive. He goes, I'm too sensitive. I cried during Titanic. Another good comedic relief uh, line delivered by Adam Sandler there. He says, you don't let a guy who's named after a frog get in your head. So I thought that was pretty funny as well. Uh, When Stan gets home, T has meals prepped for Bo because he's been running up a bill uh, at the hotel where he basically orders a ton of food, eats one bite of it, and then tries another dish instead of eating that entire thing, including buying uh, $9 cans of Pringles and eating the f- one chip off the top. He also has been watching um, pornography uh, and paying for it in the hotel. So uh, that is then uh, the bridge bet- uh, between the first and what we'll call the second training montage. This one shows the mental hurdle of pushing through and getting past that point when you think you reached your limit. It finishes with a little rocky punching at the top of the hill after finishing that run in one minute and 45 seconds. This is when there's a twist to the film. Vince goes on television and trashes Stan and Bo. Bo leaves his house in anger, uh, saying Stan lied to him. 
Several police officers show up as Stan was chasing down Bo, and Bo gets in Stan's face and looks like he's about to punch him. The officers are like, is there an issue here? Stan's able to calm the situation down, tells officers there's nothing going on here. He tell, then tells Bo about how he hurt his hand while in college and how everything he ever wanted was gone because of a stupid decision. Now, now that he isn't able to get Bo into the combine, Stan needs to come up with a new idea. Stan's daughter comes up with this idea. T, Stan's wife, played again played by Queen Latifah, calls up Dr. J to come do a video with Bo on the streets of Philadelphia in the hopes to make it go viral against a bunch of street ballers. No one can even hit the rim. And when finally someone hits the it hits a brick. That person gets 50 bucks and they all celebrated like it was the greatest upset of all time. That is how much Bo is dominating in these videos. The videos go viral, Chris, and everyone starts talking about getting him into the combine. And then he gets invited. And here is my favorite line in the entire movie as they pull up to the arena where the combine is going to take place. He says, if Scotty Pippen and a wolf had a baby, that's who this Bo Cruz is. And then he was raised by Lisa Leslie and Alvin uh, Iverson was the babysitter. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. When he gets to the hotel for the combine, his mom and daughter have been flown in by Stan. They're waiting for him. He's so happy. You could tell he was getting kind of homesick and a little bit uh, sick to see his family and his daughter. And uh, that leads us up to the next morning when the combine is about to begin. That's basically the the bulk or the second part or the meat of the film leading up to the the final uh, segments of the movie. Chris, your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you, Eric. I thought they really did a great job of just not only developing the characters through there, but also, you know, really giving some depth to the characters of. Uh, Adam Sandler's character Sugarman, as well as um, uh, as Bo, you know, especially with the, you know, th- this kid's should should be excited as all get out. He got him into the combine. He he's experiencing sadness because you know he's away from his daughter. Um, the the uh, like you said the the food and the porn thing just they they they've really have captured an essence of him, you know, as far as really kind of embracing that that background that he came from um so yeah i think i think they did a great job and again the 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 not only the montages but just the basketball action was so so good in this and again i don't know if it was because they used like i said they used nba stars and and actual street ballers for this but yeah i mean it was it was tremendous and the the cameos that were in dr j you know Shaq, Barkley, you know, this movie was so well done. And, you know, Sandler had a home run with it, but you can also tell, given who was in the film, that LeBron had his fingers on it. I I think that that's probably a big part of how they ended up with a lot of these people in the film. We won't give him any credit because I don't want to. (laughs) Well, you know, I know he's not your favorite guy. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think some credit is due here because, uh, you know, there there were some big names in there. And, yeah. 
But but I will say this too. I think we learned that a lot of these these athletes, some of them can act. Like I said, I think that Kenny Smith did an absolutely tremendous job. You know, and, and his character. I really liked his character overall. Um, and he's kind of built up as this super agent who can do anything. I kind of thought it was nice there where he couldn't get him into the combine at first. Mm-hmm. Um, the list was locked. Yep. And I think the daughter's character, too. Yeah. I the character of the daughter, that, yeah. I thought, really shined in this part of the movie. Um, and her obvious... Um, crush that she had on uh yeah on Bo yeah on Bo and uh you know my mom saw that and she's like oh, yeah. oh, slow that down yeah she said whoa there tiger <laughs> I thought that was fun but uh yeah and Queen Latifah I think her role in this movie though it wasn't huge was really impactful very yes yeah I thought that she was she may not have been the name on the marquee but she was as important as anybody in the movie I agree. I agree completely. So the next morning at the combine, Kerman is there to participate despite being a top pick in the upcoming draft. All of Bo's measurables are off the chart as well as Kermit's. And uh, they both had an amazing workout, which sets up for the next morning when they're going to play the five on five pickup game uh, with all of the scouts and owners and coaches all watching. It's on national TV. And, um, of course, Bo and Kerman are going to square off head-to-head once again. Bo starts off great. Uh, he, he's really doing good. But then Kermit realizes that Bo's mother and daughter are in attendance, and he starts getting in Bo's head by making some very personal and um, unacceptable attacks at Bo's family. Bo can't handle it. He goes off. He ends up tackling Kermit on the court and then almost punching him in the face. He slaps the the floor right beside his head, and he does this on national TV in front of everyone, and then he storms off the court and out of the gym. Uh, Stan's like – he's at a bar. He's depressed now because he knows Bo probably blew his chance. He says they have him labeled now, a violent kid from a violent neighborhood. As he's talking with Leon and Leon's trying to be encouraging, saying someone might still take a flyer on him. But uh, Stan knows it's it's over. Um, So anyways, Bo is back in his hotel room having a heart to heart conversation with his mother. And she talks about how, um, you know, he never had any man in his life who stood up for him. And here Stan comes along and has given him that chance. And there was a part earlier in the film when. Uh, their daughter was asking him about all his tattoos and he talks about, you know, how everything on his right arm is a representation of somebody or something important in his life, his daughter, his mother, etc. And she goes, well, why isn't there any on your left arm? He goes, that's all for my dad. And it's blank. Um, and that, that ends up being an important thing at the end of the film, which I thought was really cool that they did. But anyways, Bo's mom's telling him, hey, Stan, Stan's that guy. He took a chance on you. He's given you this opportunity. We should be appreciative of what he's done. So the next day, uh, the mom and daughter, are they're returning to Spain, but unfortunately, Stan could not get him on the same plane. So he got him a separate uh, ticket, and he's leaving after his par- uh, mother and uh, daughter do. And they have this great uh, conversation in the airport. They tell each other bye. Stan's basically telling them thank you and for everything you did. And 
they part ways. And then all of a sudden Leon calls Stan and says, Hey, get your boy, come over to this gym. There's a, a, a last minute run. He's like, there's NBA people here. There's no press. And he's like, but he's already left. He's like, is he on a plane? No. He's then, what are you doing talking to me? So Stan takes off running back through the airport, gets Bo. You see him flying through the streets of Philadelphia like they're in a car chase to get to this little high school gym where all of these uh, 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 scouts are again with the top talent doing a uh, basically a behind the scenes closed door run with one another. They kept calling them runs. We, we call them open gyms here in the Midwest. Uh, anywho's. Um, Leon uh, makes room for him. And of course there's Kermit again, that big rival. And then you, and then, uh, Stan delivers this line. They can't kill you if you're already dead. That's basically one of my favorite tell, lines yeah, in this movie. Basically tells them that you've got nothing to lose, dude. Um, so in the crowd happens to be Catherine. So she's made her reappearance to this film. And Bo Caesar, or excuse me, Stan Caesar, and he's like, "What's going on?" And Catherine informs Stan that she's taking "quote unquote" a more active role. That uh, Vince has made a mess of things, and she's come back to uh, clean it all up. And then Bo and Kermit go off on each other as far as back and forth, and then Bo just takes it to the next level. And he starts dominating Kermit and looks fantastic. Um, that's how you think the movie's about to end. Uh, and and then to the, there's one last scene right before it goes dark, and it, it's where Bo gets a steal, and he's he's dribbling down the court, and you and you hear a stand basically like say, "Take it home, take it home," and Bo just slams it down, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, he had a he had himself a game." The final scene, all of a sudden, we see Stan is in his office as an assistant coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. So obviously Kat rehired Stan, made him a assistant coach like his, her father had promised him. Uh, Vince is probably no longer with the organization or at least not in a, a leadership role. And the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers is Doc Rivers. Um, he's like, all right, come on, Stan, it's time to go. They walk through the halls. They come out into the arena uh, Stan finds uh, T, his wife, in the stands. They wave at each other. You could tell that he's living this dream. But they happen to be playing the Boston Celtics that night, who happened to draft in that draft one Bo Cruz. By the way, his his uh, making um, nicknames for him, the cruise missile, and all of those things. I thought that was really funny part of the film as well. The boa. The boa, yeah. Uh, anywho, he goes to the center court, and Bo's there, and they hug and brace one another. Uh, and Bo reveals that he has a brand-new tattoo on his left arm, the arm that was blank, and it is of an oak tree. And you are reminded of the conversation when his mother told Bo that Stan is that man in, his, in their family's oak tree. And he gets a new tattoo on that blank canvas of an arm in honor of Stan. And then Stan goes back to the huddle and he says, hey, number 22, which, by the way, number 22 is what the number Bo's wearing, which happened to be Stan's number when he was in college at Temple. He learned that. So he's honoring Stan with that as well. 
Anywho, he goes back to the huddle, and one of the last things is, is he tells one of the better players the scouting report on Bell. <laughs> so I thought that was very realistic and probably a lot of how the NBA goes. But that's how the film ends. It is a very charming film. It is a very fast-paced film. It is got a lot of great basketball action, and it's got a great, great story. My wife watched it with me, and, and her first question was, is this a true story? Because this feels like a true story. I go, it's not a true story, but it definitely could be based off of how well they presented this film. I loved it. I think Hustle is a very, very um, – it's definitely a film that you want to watch. I've watched it twice now, and I come away both times saying to myself, Chris, this thing is probably one of the better sports films we've had in a while. And if you put it even up against the best sports film of 2021, King Richard, I'm still taking Hustle, in my opinion. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, I agree. With you. I love the movie. I-, I thought it was tremendous. I think it's probably... It may be, it's definitely the best thing Adam Sandler's done in a while. And it's probably one of his top three best movies he's ever done. Wow. I don't know if I go top three, but I mean, definitely. I mean, no, I, I, I believe it is. It is one of his top three movies. It's, it, I will say this it's one of his top three sports movies. I'll give it that. I, 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 I yep, I'm going over that. I, I think okay. it's one of his top three. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they did a great job with the story. Um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, a big reason that it it did seem so realistic, I think a lot was the fact that they used the NBA players, that they used the street ball players, uh, and it had a very real vibe about it. And the, the the action was so good because these guys knew what they were doing. These weren't actors trying to be athletes. These were athletes, yeah, you know, portraying mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Um. In fact, all you had to do was look at the credits to see that, because about half the credits was such and such as himself. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Definitely one I would watch again. Um. And you know, and you know something I thought was really great about it too is yeah i mean there's a few sketchy areas in it but for the most part it's one that the family can watch and enjoy oh yeah yeah it's pretty good Mm -hmm. so yeah overall i thought tremendous movie you made a great pick here this week Uh, i think the only thing we got to do is uh see where it lands among our list let's do it let's add it to our flick chart from 1985 teen wolf give me hustle oh all day long from 2000, The Replacements. Oh, man. You know what? I love The Replacements. It's great. I may have a little recency bias going on here. I'm going to take Hustle. Let's flip for it. I do think there might be some recency bias bias there. So let's go ahead and flip for it. And you said Tails, didn't you? Yes, I did. You just won again. Hustle. All right. From 2017, I, Tanya. You know, I think that both were really good. I think, I think Itania was, Itania was more, was a better piece of cinema, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But, you know, I really like the action better in Hustle. I'm going to go with Hustle. Flip for it again here. Oh, heads this time. I, Tanya. Okay, I can't be mad about that one. Oh, golly. You know I love this film. From 1988, Bloodsport. I can't, I can't, I can't go against Bloodsport. I can't uh, do yeah, it. Yeah, I think we have to flip a third time in a row, Eric. Whoa, this is not going well for us here. Tails it is. Hustle. All right. Ah, oh, flick chart being slow tonight. From 2004, Million Dollar Baby. Ooh. You know, Ooh, this, this is where it stops for me. Fuck yeah. If I had, if I had to choose one to watch. It's probably going to be Hustle. But Million Dollar Baby is just such a good film. I can't go against it. I'm with you. All right, here we go. From 2006, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. I'm Hustle. Yeah, you know, if you ain't first, you're last. In this case, Ricky Bobby is last. (laughs) From 2004, Friday Night Lights. Mm. Oh, oh. Give me the Friday Night Lights. I got to agree with you there. All right. Hustle now ranked number 21. That's not bad, man. Hey, it almost made it into our top 20. So if you're interested in knowing the only Adam Sandler movie that is ranked that we have ranked higher than Hustle is Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And, And I'll be honest with you. I think that's probably right. I think Happy Gil- Gilmore might be just slightly better, uh, but it's definitely better than The Water Boy. Yeah, I would agree. Cool. All right, so let's look at the 20 through 30. Friday Night Lights is number 20. Hustles number 21. Talladega Nights, 22. Days of Thunder, 23. Bloodsport, 24. Rocky 2, 25. Invincible, 26. The Wrestler, 27. The Pride of the Yankees, 29. The Rookie, uh, excuse me, probably the Yankees 28, the rookie 29, and a league of their own 30. There you have it. Quite How a quite Rocky? a good quite a good list of movies there. That How hustles. is Rocky 2 far down? Well, it's gonna change. I guarantee it. Yeah, it has to. <laughs> okay. Well, Eric, I guess that means all we have to do is we're gonna watch next time and I kind of foreshadowed to you a little bit that this one was going to be an interesting pick. It's one of those that is, is it a sports movie? Is it not? Well, it does revolve around racing. So I'm going to say in this case it is. And we're going to go back and visit a little more great 80s cheesy comedy. Any guesses? Is it Days of Thunder? That's 90s, isn't it? Yeah, 1981. Classic. Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, Dean Martin, and Sammy Davis Jr. Cannonball Run. I've never seen it, dude. Oh, you're kidding me. This is great. I've had it on my, I need to watch this for years. I'm so excited, man. And I'll tell you, again, it's not a movie that is probably going to be a top 20 for us. But it's it's a great movie. I love it. It's got a lot of good comedy in it. Um, so that's that's where we are headed next time. I can't wait. Yeah, it has been on my watch list for a while, and I haven't got around to it because it just wasn't on any of our flick chart 
uh, or, or any of our brackets for our 64 sports movie challenge. And so it's just one of those that I've been holding off and this is a great opportunity. I'm excited. All right. Well, that does it for today's show. Remember to please rank and review our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts. Make sure you're following us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash varsity videos. And until next time, see you at the field, on the court, and in the theaters. Good night. Good night. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.